How are we doing? You happy? Excited? Uh, how many of you had uh, some kind of a you know, healing, miracle, breakthrough, sign or wonder, either due to the Daniel fast or because or related to the summit? How many, how many of you had something happen? So keep your hands up and let's just look around the room a little bit. Isn't that fun? Isn't that cool? Come on, give the Lord a thank offering for that right now. So good, so good. Uh, I want, uh, well, for one thing, uh, we want to we we record this stuff, right? So it actually, you know, it says in Malachi 4 that those who feared the Lord, they got their stuff recorded. And like heaven shouted about it, right? Uh, and there's, there's something, I, there's a scripture about that, right? And then God said, they will be mine. Like he was like so excited. Uh, and so... We want to be excited with you. We want you to write something down on your testimony card. So we gave you one this morning. If you had some kind of a breakthrough, write it down. Let us know what it was. Uh, even if you just give us a little bit of info. And, of course, it can't be anonymous. We want your name on there, right? And then maybe if you want us to connect with you a little bit about it more, uh, put your contact information on there. In addition, we want... We want you on video. So we left the Judah Arise grass wall up today just for this. So if you had an answer to prayer, if you had a breakthrough, a miracle, something happened in your life, a shift in family, uh, something you've been believing for vocationally, uh, stop at the grass wall. Who's going to be back there? Who, who, who will be back there? Who will they see? Who, 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 who? Video team, video team, video team, video team. Joe, you'll be there? Okay. So stop at the grass wall. Give us 60 seconds. All we, just give us 60 seconds before you run out the door this morning and let us know what happened, okay? So we had, we, we literally had uh, crazy good stuff happening all weekend. How many of you know that? Uh, by the way, you have a Restored Life card in your dealio. Uh, I didn't hear it talked about, but you've got a QR code on the back of that, and that'll lead you to get registered. This is going to be our biggest, best restored life ever, and it's a conference weekend. We're doing all 12 lessons in one weekend, and uh, it's just going to be amazing. So anyway, check that out. Be sure and register. We want alumni to come as well. Alumni, we want you to bring your friends, and so it's going to be cool. Yeah? Uh, so we had stuff happening all weekend, and I don't want us to go back. I don't think we should go back. You know, I was thinking this morning that, you know, in the natural realm, whenever we graduate forward in something, we don't want to go back, right? I mean, I remember the day my dad took the training wheels off my bike. I remember that, and I remember me warbling down the road, and, and as much as I warbled down the road, I never wanted to go back. And, you know, just I thinking this morning that we, you know, if we broke out in something, if we had some kind of a breakout in our own, in our own uh, expression over the weekend, and now, like today, we're returning to normal, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're just like, whoa, what was I doing, right? Uh, 
No, we don't want to do that. We don't, we don't want to go back. It's, you know, it, you got the training wheels off, right? And so we don't want to go back. Uh, we want to celebrate uh, moving forward. And uh, along with that is an expectancy, I think. It's an expectancy that God is in our midst. It's an expectancy for signs and wonders. It's an expectancy for miracles to break out in our midst, right? I was reading about Azusa Street. I was reading uh, uh, a, a, deaf, a teacher of the deaf brought in 38 students to an Azusa Street meeting. And, uh, and he was mocking what was happening. And so the first person he talked to, usher, greeter, somebody, uh, he, you know, introduced, you know, this, you know I've, got, I've got this whole school class with me tonight. We'll see what God does about that. And the usher, the, the greeter, just the common person in the body said, well, you'll be unemployed. <laughs> just right back in their face because they're going to leave healed. All 38 students, their ears were open that night. All 38 students. So, you know, we had some fun things happen last week, but it's, I think it's just the birth pangs of more glory. I think it's just the beginning of more glory. One of my favorites, though, is uh, Joe Sims. He's probably watching from Hawaii this morning. And so if you're online, Joe, and all of you that are online, we love you and we're glad you're with us. Since 2007, Joe's been afflicted with celiac disease and with gluten allergies, gluten intolerance. And it's been severe. Like uh, one time somebody had their hand on bread and they touched him and it left the imprint on his forehead, right? Uh, if, if he got around anything like, you know, like that, it would just, he would feel it or sense it and uh, to small quantities. So small quantities of gluten would set his whole body off. And so some of you remember, Richard was up here uh, Saturday night, and Richard said, you know, I see the Lord healing gluten intolerance right now. And then he said, fact is, if you're here with celiac disease, raise your hand. And Joe was standing right over here, and he didn't even get his hand all the way up. He got his hand partially up, and he was knocked down by Holy Spirit. Nobody touched him. He was knocked over by the Holy Spirit, and he was out for about an hour. While he's down on the floor, in, just in, you know, uh, uh, in the Holy Spirit for about an hour, not even really fully aware of everything that's going on, but he's having a vision. And he has a vision of a giant auditorium, and everybody in the auditorium is taking communion. Well, some of you know, some of you don't know, Joe and Sandy, they were touched, you know, way back when, I don't know, uh, early 2000s or something, with the communion message. And actually, Sandy uh, had uh, been afflicted with cancer at one point, and uh, it was part of the communion message that was a tool for her to be healed. And so... Uh, God's given him this, this love for the communion message. And so, you know, during COVID, they opened up a communion small group, and it was a Zoom group. And they've, you know, many of you have been a part of that. They've had, you know, up to 30, 40 adults uh, and children uh, as a part of the Zoom group coming in every Monday night, 8 o'clock. By the way, it's a great way to host a group. We're launching groups in about a month, and this is a great way to have a group. 
because it takes about 30, 40 minutes on a Monday night with their small group. Uh, and a bunch of people come on and they all pray together. They have communion together. Somebody shares the word. And then about once every two months, they get together in person and they have dinner together. So they get to know each other in person and they get to pray for one another and have communion together together. And then they, they go back to the Monday nights. So while he's down on the floor right here, he has this vision. Now they would be sharing, he would be sharing this this morning if he were here. But this is their annual trip to Hawaii, so God bless him. He's down here on the floor. He has this vision of a giant auditorium. Everybody's taking communion, and there's a giant piece of bread in the vision, in the auditorium, about as big as this church. And then suddenly he hears the voice of the Lord saying, you can't teach the communion message with celiac disease. So he gets up. So Monday, he's like, okay, we're going to put this to the test, right? So Monday, he had five crackers. Not one reaction. Tuesday, Tuesday, put it to the test. Not one reaction. Wednesday, put it to the test. Not one reaction. I asked him last night, have you had a reaction yet? Not one reaction yet. So we're just believing with him. Uh, he'll, he'll go in and be tested. You have, to, you, have to be, you have to be eating gluten. You have to be having gluten to have the celiac test. And so after 10 days or so, he'll go in. He'll have the test. We're just believing with him. But this is just part of what God was doing. Part of what God was doing. Part of, uh, and, and, and he wants to do more. It's not the end of it. I was reminded this week in prayer that when we were in Samoa, we had these great outpourings of the Spirit in our meetings in Samoa. This is when I was young. I was taking, going on mission trips to Samoa, and, uh, and we would see fire coming out of the church buildings. And sometimes we wouldn't see fire, but somebody would be moved. Somebody on the mission team would be like, I'm going to go outside during worship. And people would be just, you know, in the building expressing worship. And they, and they would just be moved to go outside and take a picture. They would take a picture with their old Polaroid camera. You know, it'd shoot at the bottom. And when they would look on the picture, the, they couldn't see the flames, but the Polaroid could. And the picture was actually developed with flames coming out of the windows and the doors. So I'm sharing that this week, and the team uh, at prayer this week, they're like, yeah, that happened at Azusa Street, and so I read about it, and at Azusa Street, at the Azusa Revival, there was a 50-foot flame shooting out of the top of the building that was present for all to see almost all the time. At every meeting, at every meeting, a 50-foot flame would be shooting out of the... And at times, witnesses would, would say that a large flame would come out of the heavens and commingle with the flame coming out of the roof. I just think we can shift our expectancy. I, I think that our expectancy can draw on the glory. Our expectancy can draw the presence of the Lord here. And when we come in with expectancy, and I'm just believing we're shifting the way we look at church. And, you know, wow, every song this morning was the sermon. Every song. 
Break off. I've just been praying that the Lord would just break off the boxes and containment on our own lives. That those boxes of containment would just be broken out of our own lives where we restrict the Lord, where we hinder, where we keep him from moving. Weren't you glad for Richard? Richard was so fun because God's using him to break the adulthood off of us. We need, the, we need the adulthood broken off of us. I told the whole team, I was just so thankful for them because, because when they come, they not only bring the glory, but they bring a simplicity of faith. They bring a simplicity in the spirit to just believe God, just to run after him, just to pursue him, just to be vulnerable before him and to be childlike. So important that we're childlike. So important that we're childlike. It's, it's one of the keys to, to what happened last weekend for sure, but it's one of the keys to cultivating a spirit of revival is a childlikeness of heart. That we would be so childlike. I was, you know, thinking, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if we do this, but I'm, you know, this is really, a, really a dumb illustration. Maybe I don't know. It's just how much in love my children were with me. But I, you know, every day when I would come home, you know, the house would go nuts. Daddy home, daddy home, daddy home. We still joke about it to today. Daddy home, daddy home, daddy home. How do we approach the house? How do we approach the corporate gathering? How do, we exp- how do we approach where two or three are gathered? There am I in the midst. Do we really believe he's in the midst? Do we really approach the house that way? I know we did last week during conference, but will we do it every week? Will we do it every time there's a corporate gathering? Will we believe, will we trust that the fullness of Jesus who manifests himself in the body because we are the fullness of him who fills all in all, that he will be present to move in our midst. Expectancy. Childlike expectancy. Wow. So important. So important. Childlike hunger, childlike expectancy, childlike faith, These are all critical keys to cultivating a spirit of revival. And and what's cool about childlike uh, faith is, and and you know this, but, you know, children don't have inhibitions. They don't have all these, you know, I think we sang it this morning. Sometimes, you know, we want to be cool so bad We'd rather be cool than have the presence. We'd rather be cool than have the glory. We'd rather be cool to, be, to look cool. And so there's something so amazing about children, about childlike faith. They forget, all, they haven't learned that, that. They haven't learned that they've got to be cool. Right? Turn on a boombox, they start dancing. They have to learn. That's not cool, honey. Now, when they play music, 
Our society, our church culture, our church culture, our church culture, that means mom and dad, because more is caught than taught. Did you hear me? More is caught than taught. So our church culture is actually children watching mom and dad. That our church culture is actually children watching mom and dad. And what they observe is that mom and dad have become very mature. Very mature. They've become very mature. And oh, well, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I don't want to be just a loose cannon of dancing all around. And, and then we're, you know, we're telling them to calm down all the time. Right? Maybe we shouldn't tell them to calm down so much in the church. Maybe only when they're eating dinner. Because eating is not worship, right? But what do they learn about worship? What do they learn about freedom? What do they learn about expression? How do they learn all that? Watching mom and dad. I wanted to be like my dad in every way. I would just, I would sit by him in church and just examine his hands. And I would see blood vessels sticking out of his hands. And I'm like, man, I wonder if I'm going to have that when I grow up. I want that really bad. Wow, I want to be a man just like my dad. I remember that. We want to be like our parents. And our parents, if our parents are so stiff and so rigid and so inflexible and so unresilient and they never move in their chair and, they never, and they, we never see them praying, we never see them dancing, we never see them joyful, we never see them free, then we just assume that's what maturity is. Maturity is that. So I think that's why there's so many Bible verses about becoming a child. Mark 10, 15, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter at all. Matthew 18, 3, truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That one's kind of weird because I, I, was, I was reading that and I'm thinking on that one. Unless you're converted, you know, the kingdom's always backwards. Up is always down. You want to be the, you want to be the leader? Great. Become the servant of all. So here he's saying that, that there's something here that's got to take place. Our hearts have to be converted to become like children or we can't Enter the kingdom of heaven. What if that doesn't mean so much heaven alone, right? But what if it means tasting heaven right now? What if our absence of childlike faith is keeping us from tasting heaven right now? What if the glory we tasted last weekend was related to the freedom that we had when we forgot we were adults? You're cool right now, but I know some of you forgot you were adults last weekend. I saw you forgetting that you were adults. So what if tasting the kingdom of heaven is a little bit more related to breaking out of that box of maturity so that you can fully express daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home. Let's talk, about, let's talk about what that faith looks like. You can go ahead if you want. I don't care. 
They might feel good. Let's, uh, yeah, key of A. He says key of A. He says, revival is always in the key of A. I don't know why, but. Oh, no, that doesn't feel like the revival. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, let's go to John. Let's go to John 16, 13 real quick. So here, here's, I want to I give you a thought that I think is really beneficial. Um, is that the Holy Spirit wants to coach you in coming to Jesus, knowing Jesus, getting you into a place where you are receiving from Him, from Jesus, right? So this is part of the, the, part of the role of the Holy Spirit. You got it, John 16? Are you helping me? John 16, there it is, 13, look at that. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. Let's go over to John 14. I want to look at that one. John 14 and verse 15. I just picked a couple verses here. John 14, 15. Here's what I think. I think when it comes to worship, I think when it comes to worship, we tend to, I, I don't know where your brain goes, but I mean, your brain could go to Romans chapter 12. Worship is an acceptable sacrifice. And, and you could be thinking that, okay, well, I'm on my own. I don't know, you know, con- consciously, maybe you've never had these thoughts, but subconsciously, you're coming to bring your best worship. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his gates with praise. So this is how we open things up in, in the spirit realm. This is how we open things up in glory. This is how we open things up in the heavenly realms so that we can taste of the kingdom of heaven while we're still on earth, right? So I don't know how you've thought about this, but, but you might be thinking that you're kind of on your own. And so you're kind of mixing your maturity and your spiritual history and understanding and religiosity and whatever you, you know, wherever you're at, you're kind of mixing that with your expression to bring an expression to the throne, to Jesus and to the Father, right? But have you considered that you have the best coach ever? that Holy Spirit has actually come to be your coach. So am I worshiping independent? What I want to do, I want to bring glory to the supreme victorious one, Jesus. I want to bring glory to his Father. I want to bring glory to the throne. I want his glory to be known. I, I, I want to adore him. I want to glorify him who is my Savior. But I, I, I don't do it on my own. I don't have to do it on my own. It's like at the Olympic Games. I, every player, every athlete that's going to be out there, they all have a coach. And the coach has been coaching them all along for their best play, but also will coach them in between. And so they, they're getting coaching all along right? 
This is the role of Holy Spirit. This is the role of Holy Spirit, and this is part of what it means to be childlike, is that Holy Spirit is whispering in your ear. It'd be great if you knelt it right now. Why don't you move out of your row and go up to the front and just spend a little time at the front wall? There's not room to kneel here. Why don't you move out to the aisle? Have you thought about dancing? Father loves it when you dance. He doesn't think you look dumb. So if you feel dumb or the people around you think you don't look cool, Jesus loves it. Jesus loves it. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And here's childlike faith. Childlike faith, what it looks like in a worship environment Romans 10, 17. What's Romans 10, 17? Faith cometh by... Who are we hearing? Who are we hearing? Who are we hearing? We're hearing Holy Spirit coach us. Holy Spirit's coaching us. So you actually don't have to... I mean, I'm... I'm like... I don't even know how to fully get into the throne room, right? I mean, like, I want to get there so richly, Father. I want to get there so... I want to get... I want to just dwell in your throne room right now. I want to just so be one with Jesus right now. I, I, want, to, I want to so be transformed by Him. I'm hungry again to be transformed by Him. I'm hungry again to be touched by His glory. I'm hungry to come up another level in glory. Right? And I'm presenting this stuff before the Lord. And then all at once, Holy Spirit says, why don't you kneel right now? All right, that's good. And then I kneel and I move into another, another realm of glory. So then we have people all around the room doing different things in the freedom of the Spirit because we've chose to be led by the Spirit and we've recognized that I can't even worship the Father without Holy Spirit fully and well and good and to the maximum. I can't, I can't even, I, I need Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit knows what Father loves and He can coach me how to bring the best sacrifice to Father so that that sacrifice is well accepted and it brings an aroma. So it's me relying on Holy Spirit as a coach. Go back to John 13. John, I'm sorry, John 14. And I want us to read that verse again. You know, this is Jesus telling us this stuff. Verse 15. If you, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Keep going, keep going. I don't think that's the one I wanted. Keep going. I might have made a mistake. What's verse 16 say? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Oh, my goodness. Did you just see that word? He will give you a helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth 
whom the world, keep going, whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him, see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. Even in worship. Well, I just, you know, I just, uh, I was raised Assembly of God. Oh, I was raised Baptist. Well, I was raised Foursquare. Well, I was raised Catholic. Well, I was raised, you know, I just, and so I just, you know, I, and I know that I should worship. And so I just bring my best, you know, and it's not, it's not your best anymore. It's not your best. It's the best, not out of that history, not, not out of that framework, not, not out of that denomination. It's, it's your best out of the coaching of your helper. You have a helper. So what does childlike faith look like in this crazy environment where we come with expectancy, but we're coming with this expectancy for Papa to show up, for Daddy home, Daddy home. We're coming with this expectancy for the glory of God to fill the house, for a 50-foot flame to shoot out of the ceiling. What does that look like? Well, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. They're not led by their history. They're not led by their denomination. They're not led by their catechism. They're not led by what others are doing. They're not led by the Torah. They're not led by, they're not led, they're led by the Spirit of God. You come in and you just yield to the Holy Spirit and, and faith comes, faith. Unless you have childlike faith, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And so faith comes. How does faith come? Well, if you, when you open up and you yield and you just say, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me today. I need you to clear my mind, clear my heart. I need you to once again help me break off all the encumbrances, break every covenant that I'm not going to be emo- emotional. Uh, I just, I just, I, I need you, and I need you to lead me to Father. 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 Holy Spirit, you're my helper. And then what happens is he talks to you and he tells you something to do, and faith comes by hearing. And so I've got childlike faith. Now I heard, so now I'm just going to do what he's leading me to do because he's my coach. He's my coach. He's the best coach. And you know what happens when we have an environment like that? Oh, the glory grows. The glory grows. We're going to go from glory to glory. The glory grows. The glory grows. Let's stand this morning. I hope this is what you want. I hope this is what, I hope I'm in the right house this morning. I hope I'm with the right people this morning. Tender-hearted, tender-hearted, childlike, tender-hearted, flexible, flexible, resilient to the Spirit, in pursuit of Father, wanting the glory more than they want anything in life, more than they want anything else, wanting the glory of God. Oh... I'm going to open the front for prayer. The prayer team is going to be here. Some of you are here giving your life back to the Lord today. Some of you are believing for a healing in your bodies. Some of you are believing for a word from the Lord. Let's, let's, 
close this atmosphere out this morning in the glory. Let's close this atmosphere out just abiding with him. Let's close this atmosphere out welcoming him to just brood over us, to brood over us, to brood over us, to be rich to us. Remember what they said about the water to the wine? Remember remember the miracle of the water to the wine? Remember what Mary said to the servants? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's the Holy Spirit, your helper. Holy Spirit, your helper. Whatever he tells you to do, do it, because it'll lead you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit thrives on revealing Jesus. He thrives on testifying about Jesus. He thrives on taking us into the throne of Jesus. He thrives on the mystery of Jesus. He thrives on the revelation of Jesus. Holy Spirit is the helper, the helper that we need to take us into the essence of the mystery of the revelation of Jesus. Uh, let's worship as we go. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message and have a desire for more or a desire to give, we invite you to join us at newhorizonchurch.org and download our New Horizon app in your Play Store and App Stores. Remember to follow us and share and invite a friend. Catch you next time for your listening enrichment and spiritual growth. This is New Horizon Church Sermons, where heaven meets earth.